It's that time once again. Comic Book Storylines is back. I'm your host, Brian Sorensen. I also go by Bry the Comic Book Guy on Instagram, where I post the pictures of all the comics we talk about each week. Also, if you want to reach out to me about any comic-related questions or comics in general, you can email me, Guy at gmail.com. This week is part two of our discussion of Avengers Forever. This is going to be a three-part discussion. This is the middle part. It's a 12-part epic storyline where a time-traveling group of Avengers ends up going through different parts of Avengers history in some warped ways going up against Kang and Immortus. They're trying to save their friend Rick Jones. Today, we're going to be covering issues 5 through 8 of that series. Now, where we left off, there was three teams of Avengers and three different time incursions. They met up with heroes in those time frames, too. So we start out Avengers Forever number 5. Rick Jones is watching from Kang's timeship while his friends are trying to figure out what to do with these time incursions and how to stop them and how to make everything go back right. Two of the groups are in the past and one of the groups is kind of in a near future. Giant Man and Captain America are the ones in the sort of the near future where it's blended with a small story where Martians had invaded Earth and one man named Killraven fought for freedom. But in this time frame he's actually on the Avengers led by an older Black Panther. Captain America and Giant Man jump in to help fight the aliens, and they try and figure out what to do to make things right in the time stream. Captain America at this point is still doubting himself as usual, since he is fresh out of a time frame where it was severely scarred in his decision-making process. He's upset that now the Avengers kill because he's seen that this group of Avengers is killing Martians to protect themselves. Now, he gets upset more so when he learns from Black Panther that there's only 50,000 people left on Earth. So this is very disturbing to Captain America and Giant Man who are freshly into this time frame. Now Rick is also watching the other teams too. It kind of goes back and forth between the different teams as Rick Jones is watching them from the time ship. Wasp and Captain Marvel are meeting up with the Avengers of this time frame. They're not like any other Avengers team we've ever seen before. Some of them have never been Avengers in the normal time frame and some of them we've seen in various forms. Now this team is kind of doubting who they are. They're like, yeah, we're Avengers. And they're like, you know what? We've heard that before. So they start attacking them because they don't know what their true intentions are. They're hearing rumblings of what's going on. But after a brief fight, the character Marvel Boy, last episode I said he looks like Quasar, but it ends up being the character Marvel Boy, who at certain time periods has been an Avenger. He has what's called in the comic books, what's called the Quantum Bands. Now, it grants the Wilder anything power-wise beyond their dreams. Flight, cosmic powers, everything like that. It's like some of the cosmic entities that are in the Marvel Universe. He kind of puts them on their level. So once the dust clears, Wasp and Captain Marvel explain that they're chasing after the alien Skrulls, who are impersonating Richard Nixon. So we're in the time frame, like in the mid 1950s, maybe early 1960s at this point, and Richard Nixon is vice president, so they're going up against that. Then we flash over to the other Avengers team in the past. It's Hawkeye, Songbird, and Yellowjacket. They're stuck in the past. I mean, really stuck in the past. They end up running into Kang, who doesn't seem to know who they are, because it's going to be another confusing thing because it's another Kang variant, and this one doesn't know who they are. So he says, why do you have one of my time spheres? It ends up taking it from him, but then like throws him into a cave and tries to crush them with the all the debris and rocks and everything. But Songbird ends up saving the day and knocking a path clear so they can get out. 
Now, in this time frame, they run into some heroes as well. Now, back in the early 50s, there was Western comics. Uh, it wasn't exactly Marvel yet at the time. It was different publishers. But there was Western comics that turned into Marvel comics, and those characters fell under the Marvel realm. Uh, one of them was called Two-Gun Kid, Black Rider, Reno Jones, Kid Cassidy. Well, this Avengers team ends up running to the into these guys, but the weird part is that these guys know who Kang is and what he's about, which is very weird because in the Western comics, none of this had happened yet. So they're back in a time where not any of these comics has even happened yet. So they're trying to figure out how do these guys know about Kang. So Hawkeye, who is like a Western buff, he's kind of like, you can see him talking to all these guys, like he looks up to them and everything. And he's talking about their, their how much he knows about him and everything. And the other Avengers are kind of like, eh, you know, they're trying to keep up conversation with these guys. They end up making a campfire out in the desert while trying to figure out what's going on. So Hawkeye is talking to Kid Cassidy, and he starts to shake his hand, but he ends up throwing Kid Cassidy off because he finds out, well, the reader finds out anyway, that Hawkeye knew that he was an imposter from the beginning because that character had already been dead by the time frame that they were in, so he knew it wasn't them. So he tells the Avengers to hit the other two hard. Now they end up knocking them both out, and then they're suddenly turned into shape-shifting aliens. Now, it's a character that's been very early on in the Avengers uh, when they used to fight Kang and Immortus early on in the 60s and 70s. It was a character called Space Phantom. But right now, they're looking at three different Space Phantoms. So they're already confused about what's going on because they're like, well, how is there more than one Space Phantom? So now they're trying to see, all right, so now... Not only do we have Kang and Immortus, we have this guy to worry about. So then we flash back to the time-traveling team in the 50s. The FBI and the CIA and everything is talking to that team of Avengers, and they're like, hey, what's going on? We're here to talk. What, what are you guys doing here? And the Avengers are like, we're here. There's something going on. There's outer space civilizations and mythological beings trying to do some things, and we, we couldn't trust in the local public officials to know what's going on, so good thing you guys are here. So the FBI kind of leads them into this kind of tent area, and as Rick is watching, something kind of blurs the camera, so he can't really see what's going on. But Captain Marvel has this cosmic awareness. So he ends up kind of like has this little headache, and his head clears, and he looks over and he attacks the two FBI guys, but he finds out they're not human at all. There are two more space phantoms, so the team immediately starts going after them. But then all of a sudden, Rick Jones appears as a giant head, like, you know, in hologram, obviously. Uh, he's like, all the readings around here are going wacko. There's major chrono flux in the area before I saw anything that you guys were doing. I think a mortis is on the scene, but I can't be sure. So this is really serious. So then we flash over to the tent that the Avengers wanted to go in where Richard Nixon was in. And he's giving a little speech and everything, and he walks off stage, and he ends up shaking hands with a general. But that general goes, wait a minute, you don't look like you're a general that I know of. And he goes, no, I'm not. And you're not even the Richard Nixon that everybody knows. Let's show your true form. And as he's shaking his hand, the scrawl shapeshifts back to his normal view. So people start throwing bottles and cans and everything at the alien because at this point in the 50s, aliens are like a huge, like, oh my God, there's an alien right here. 
So the Secret Service and everything is trying to figure out what's going on. They're going up to that general, seeing what's up. But it ends up being Immortus. He goes, I, Immortus, master of time, do hereby end this timeline, calling it all from existence. So everything starts turning to white. All the people around them start turning to white. And the Avengers that they ran into, the, the Avengers in the 50s, are starting to fade. Now Captain Marvel picks up Wasp, and they try and head back to the orbiting time sphere. She's like, we're in. We've got to get back to our normal time frame or at least back to the chrono ship we're we're gonna we're gonna die so rick is like you've got to get out of there there's a wave coming at you and just as the issue ends in true cliffhanger factor in comics the white light just barely touches the chrono the chronosphere and it says the chrono jump will be in one second and then everything fades we pick up in issue six which is kind of an interesting cover it's captain america kneeling at a big giant stone monument of this is the where the avengers fell and it's a stone monument that has like stone figures of all the original members of the avengers and captain america so you're already going oh this is going to go great so we left off where wasp and captain marvel are trying to escape the time that time flying being erased they do end up get to uh, get back in time where they get back to the big sphinx like a chrono ship and Rick's like oh phew, just in time here lock on come on in so Rick is looking at all these different screens and he's seeing all these different times where Kang and Immortus and even their other variant Ramatut have been involved in various stages of Marvel history like actual things that have happened in the comics and he's trying to see what's going on here like they're all they're all coming up on the screen different parts of time uh, like just time travel stabilities and everything like that. And it's showing all these different characters that have gone time traveling over the th over things. And he's like, you know, this is really confusing. I'm, they're not answers that I need. I'm, I don't know what's going on. I was kind of looking around for things to see what's up. So then things on the screen turn into the other two time frames that the other Avengers are in, seeing their points of view and everything. He's like, wow, this is... This is some deep level stuff. Somebody's really messing with these things. You know, uh, our escape from Immortus's time disruption may have triggered other things from going on. So now you're seeing history as it unfolded in the other two time frames. So speaking of that, you go up to where Captain America and Giant Man are. And then the first thing you see is what had happened in the cover is actually going on in the comic. Captain America is walking around the city and he ends up finding that monument and it's kind of like uh, the narrator kind of gives a little history of what's going on. In the 21st century, Earth lies devastated. Its cities destroyed, its billions reduced to mere 50,000 at the hands of the Martian overlords who ruled Earth for years. It was only yesterday that they were repulsed. But the remains of the Avengers in this time and the two time-jaunting Avengers of the past helped save the day. They're are anomalies, of course, but they're still in the time frame, so things are getting kind of screwed up as it is. So the Avengers in that time frame, uh, Black Panther's like, Cap, are you ready to go? We're going to go back to Wakanda. So they kind of fly off from New York City. They kind of get Cap to gather himself. So they head back to Wakanda where they try and figure out how to how to help things out and everything. But when they get back to Wakanda, they see that it's like, kind of half burning and it's definitely not like in the past where Wakanda was like this flourishing nation and everything like that it's kind of like one of the world's last best hopes and everything 
So Black Panther brings him to this cave that has all these Wakandan inventions and things in it, and he tells them how they have these small, powerful fleet of Wakandan-designed spaceships and everything that can turn the tide against these aliens with their help. But as they're just settling in, they hear this kind of noise coming out, and there's angry, buzzing, glowing bugs or whatever it is. They're not sure what it is. Um, they end up attacking Living Laser and Crimson Dynamo and everything. So they're trying to repel these aliens and everything. And one of them turns into this giant light butterfly. It's a lady that has butterfly wings. And it ends up taking out most of the other Avengers. Uh, Black Panther is looking on. Giant man just just gets really giant and ends up trying to squish her. So that lady kind of falls down next to Captain America, but then she stands up and reaches out, kind of puts her hand next to Captain America's head. So she's scanning what's going on in Captain America's head. We kind of flash back over to where Rick is in the time ship, and he's like, why are all these space phantoms here? There was only one space phantom back in the early Grim Reaper days, and how do we know how many there really are? And Mortis must have pulled more out of the time stream to kind of help him out, because one of them called him Master. So they end up capturing one of those uh, guys, and they bring him back, and they're like, all right, Space Phantom, what's going on? We're not going to tell you the Master will be mad, and will, the Master will be displeased. So then we look back into the past where uh, Songbird and Hawkeye and Yellowjacket are, and they've got those guys wrapped up, and they're like, we're not going to tell you anything. So they end up going into the downtown in the Old West and everything, and you run into some more of the old-school Western guys. Night, the real Knight Rider, uh, Ringo Kid, the Rawhide Kid, Kid Colt, they're all like this Western form of Avengers. They don't come out and say it and everything, but they're all allies and everything. And they're trying to figure out why all the townspeople are all huddled together and everything. So they kind of go out there and see what's up. And they see that the team of Avengers have brought these aliens in. So they're like, what is going on here? So they're trying to rally the troops and everything, try and get them to see what's going on. But all of a sudden, the townspeople just, they started turning on the heroes. Like, what's going on here? And then you look up in a top of a building, and it's Kang. And he goes, you pathetic rustics. This is why Kang the Conqueror conquers. You are lesser beings. We are going to just, we're going to wipe you out. And this will be, our goal is to just rid you guys of your lives and everything. And this time frame is going to come to an end. So then all of a sudden, this, you know, saloon-type building ends up turning into this big machine that starts glowing that Kang has. And he's like, you know... Today, my conquest of the 19th century begins to be followed by the 20th, and then, in the end, all of time. So the Avengers, the, the three Avengers that are in this time frame, are, they bust into where Kang's ship is, where this big building is, but they're in a run-in with a couple of different-looking weird aliens. So the Western heroes are in trying to help them, and they kind of distract the aliens so that the, the good guys, the Avengers, can go through the ship and stop them. But all of a sudden, Yellow Jacket knocks out Songbird. So he's like, what's going on here? Hawkeye's like, what are you doing? Then you flash back over to the Captain America mesmerized moment where they're all trying to stop this lady from hurting Captain America. But he ends up bringing up his shield and stopping everybody going, you know what? Her name is Morning Prey, and it's M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, Prey. Gather around everyone and listen. So she connects their minds and she's kind of like, she knows what's going on. She's from a Martian genetics lab and it was her idea to escape and she starts 
trying to wander around to try and figure out what's going on, but she runs into this robed man who ends up being Immortus, and he try and gives her powers, but she ended up laying these eggs, cocoons for her larva, where Immortus has now taken them over. Now, it looks like that Immortus is trying to come and take some vibranium to kind of help him because and even in the movies as well as the comics, vibranium is very important to the Wakandans and to anything else. So Black Panther's worried that all this vibranium is going to be going and they're not going to have enough to finish their fleet of spaceships to go after the Martians. So Cap's like, you know what? We really need to trust her. This is what we need to do. We, we really need to figure out what Immortus is doing rather than stop these aliens at this moment because it's obviously a time incursion. So then we go back to the Western Age uh, Avengers and we see Hawkeye just go after Yellowjack. He's like, what are you doing? This and that. And he ends up, you know what? Look at this. And Yellowjacket throws this little stinger from his costume out and it turns into another space phantom. But the real songbird appears out of nowhere going, I was knocked out while we were in the cave and this guy must have swap places with us. So he was trying to, Amortis was trying to spy on them by replacing them with one of his own. So they're also trying to talk to Hank Pym because at this point, I hadn't explained this in, in the earlier issue. At this point, Yellow Jacket is Hank Pym, but Hank Pym had had like some sort of mental breakdown. So while he was Yellow Jacket, he doesn't go by the name Hank Pym. He thinks Hank Pym is somebody else that is no longer around. And people start calling him, like these Avengers in this comic actually, they start calling him Hank Pym. He goes, what are you talking about? I am not Hank Pym. So he's starting to get mad at him for talking like that. Then we flash back to the Giant Man and Captain America era where the android Jocasta, she gives birth to an android baby that she had with the character Machine Man that had died off panel in the past of this time frame. So, like, you know what? We really need to figure out what's going on here. Um, Captain America and Black Panther sort of have this truce. Okay, we need to go figure out what's going on. You guys need to worry about these Martians. How about we just go take care of our business and you guys take care of yours? I know this world is a harsh place, but no one can make it better than you guys. So, you guys... Be Avengers and take care of business. So Captain America and Giant Man say goodbye to Black Panther, and they end up going back to their own, you know, they go back to the spaceship, the Kang spaceship. So they're back in that with the other teams that are back so far, and they're looking, and they're seeing all these disruptions in the time frame and everything like that. So they're like, okay, the Grim Reaper and the Space Phantom, they erased the world's knowledge of Captain America's secret identity, which had a huge effect on him. If Immortus was behind it, I wonder how much he's used me and all of us up to this point. So he's wondering, okay, so somebody erase, is starting to erase their identities. What's going on here? And you kind of see a little lighthearted thing that wasn't really lighthearted, but it's in spirit of what Yellow Jacket was like. He was trying to make a pass at Songbird in one of the earlier issues. So this time she forms a, a fist out of her light powers, ends up punching him in the stomach and going, you're Hank Pym, you idiot. Start acting like him. So there's kind of like this like really weird moment where they're like, okay, we really need to concentrate on what's going on here. How come Immortus is appearing to alter human destiny? What are we doing? Changing the time frame at will. He's got that forever crystal. He's already begun doing that. So you see all the Avengers standing around and they're like, you know what? We need to go on his home ground, which is in this limbo place. 
So Giant Man gets up and he goes, you know what? Then it's a Mortis stronghold we go in the heart of Limbo. Let's go get him. That's a pretty powerful ending to an issue. We need to hang on because there's quite a few more parts left and it gets pretty exciting after that. So we pick up in Avengers Forever 7. Uh, Giant Man's trying to jury-rig the systems on the time ship to try and go into Amortis' stronghold in Limbo. So they get this machine to take them all. They end up punching through this barrier. And they end up seeing all these different events in Avengers history, like Avenger, um, Avengers meeting people, uh, Vision in the original Human Torch meeting, just all these different things in Avengers history. So they end up, you know, landing at this moment here, and they look at one of these moments, like historical moments, and it's the original Avengers going up against a mortis, but Captain America is on his side. He goes, Captain America, at the mere touch of my hand, and I take you in the past with me. So he captures Captain America and takes him with him, but he seems like he's on his side. And they're like, I thought these events were from our history. I don't remember this going on at all. And then Giant Man says, judging by the uniforms, it would have happened shortly after you joined. That doesn't happen. It really doesn't happen. And all the other Avengers are like, maybe in another timeline that's being warped and twisted, that actually happens. So then they end up punching through this barrier. They're in this limbo existence. And they end up finding Immortus's fortress. So they're all kind of uh, looking around to try and see what's going on here, to try and get the lay of the land before they just end up attacking. Because they're Avengers, but they're smart Avengers. So they end up going into the stronghold, but it ends up being this weird, like, old 19th century castle-looking thing, but it's got all these different levels, and some of them are upside down walking around, and suddenly everything vanishes, and all the Avengers kind of, like, crash to the ground, and there's darkness. But then they all start waking up, but they're all in different parts of this castle. Now, Captain America wakes up, and he's next to a Nick Fury, but it's a Nick Fury in the comics from the 50s and 60s back when he's in World War II. So he's like, all right, what's going on here? And Cap immediately goes after him. He's like, okay, you're another space phantom. So to test this Nick Fury, he kind of asks them about what happened during the time when he would have known the original Nick Fury in the Howling Commandos because in the comics, despite what the movies showed, Nick Fury was the leader of the Howling Commandos, not Captain America. But back in that day, they kind of knew each other. So they, he was testing him to see if it was really the real Nick Fury. And after a little debate going back and forth and events, they're talking about things that went on. Captain Marison is like, oh, okay, you must be the real deal. So Wasp is left trying to see who, what's going on. And she's suddenly surrounded by all these little wasps that are different versions of her. And she's kind of got them all talking in her head like what is going on here and she's kind of overrun by what's going on and she kind of falls to the ground so then yellow jacket ends up walking into this room where it has a bunch of images on a screen and it's the different time frames in the normal time frame of what hank pym had worn for costume wise and it shows that yellow jacket is indeed hank pym and he starts freaking out about it and he's like wait a minute i'm comforting jan i have some sort of breakdown I'm in a jail cell because at one point, Yellow Jacket does, he hits Wasp and beats her up, but he ends up going to jail for his crimes. And then a little while after that, his mind sort of mended and he became Hank Pym again. So he ends up taking off his Yellow Jacket mask and he goes, Yellow Jacket is Hank Pym. What's going on here? Let me flash over to Songbird, who's 
uh, in this like trial and everything, and she's reliving the trial from when she went from a bad guy to being in prison to wanting to become an Avenger. So she's kind of reliving this past of everything, and she's kind of really upset about it. Now, Rick is seeing this all go on, too. He can't really see what's up, so he's taking it upon himself to use the time ship, and he's looking to see what he can do to help fix all these things. Um, Captain Marvel ends up coming in, and he stops Songbird from reliving that past, so they're trying to figure out where to find everybody. And then we go over to Hawkeye, who ends up going up against that Temptus dude that we saw in one of the first parts, uh, uh, the big white character that Amortis originally sent, uh, sent after the Avengers, and he's attacking uh, Hawkeye, and Hawkeye, once again, is regretting not having any of his trick arrows, but he ends up smashing Temptus and breaking him up into a bunch of million pieces there. And then we see Nick Fury getting changed. He's putting on his suit and tie and everything, and he's trying to help Captain America get out of that stronghold. It, it does look like it's Nick Fury. So he ends up telling Nick Fury what's going on and how eventually they end up working together and all this. And he turns around and he sees Nick Fury in a S.H.I.E.L.D. uniform. So obviously something's going on, but they're in limbo. So things are just going to start acting really weird. And we end up seeing that character Libra from the previous incarnate, like the, the masked figure from the first couple issues. He's in the background watching all this and he goes, huh, okay, I'm not needed here anymore. He's faced down his own doubts, and he's ready to overcome everything. The balance tilts as it should. Now, of course, he's talking about Captain America, because all of a sudden, Captain America has this newfound confidence. Like, he's the Captain America we know and love. So then we get to Yellow Jacket. He ends up finding a mortis in his stronghold, and he ends up trying to attack him and take him head on. But that's pretty dumb, because he doesn't have the rest of the team. So he ends up capturing Yellow Jacket. And then we see Giant Man. He's just blasting through this whole thing looking for Wasp, who's surrounded by all these mini-Wasps, and she he ends up rescuing her from all that. So little by little, all the Avengers end up coming back together, and Amortis is like, you fight to your doom, and you're fighting for the doom of your worlds. You will fail. So the Avengers are like, you know, that's not going to happen on our watch, you know, the typical Avengers thing. So Amortis just sends this whole armada of people after the Avengers, but then they end up going through this limbo portal and end up back into this spaceship kind of area. They think they're in where Rick Jones is, but they end up being in another part of this temple that they're in. And they're like, hey, what's going on here? We don't know where we are. So we flash over to where Yellow Jacket is being held by Immortus, and he goes, I've been too lenient with you Avengers. They've always had courage, but this is where humanity comes to us to an end and he goes you know what i don't know what you're talking about fancy pants but i can help you and yellow jack yellow jacket's telling amortis this he goes oh what can you do he's like oh you'd be surprised i'm gonna help you destroy the avengers you're like whoa so yellow jacket is gonna end up turning on everybody so we get to our last part issue eight where hawkeye has this thing that he's trying to come alive he found this thing called the synchro staff which is supposed to help awaken some powers to kind of help him defeat immortus but hawkeye can't get the thing to work and in frustration he ends up trying to break it but it ends up turning into another space phantom so they're like okay what are all you space phantoms doing here so they kind of bind them up and chain them up and everything so they're like okay start at the beginning what's going on here they need to figure out what immortus is up to so he starts telling them Pretty much, what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to summarize 
the events in here since we're getting close to that time to finish up this this issue this issue week. So basically, it's a time traveling event where Amortis is looking over things and trying to erase history and change history. But then these timekeepers appear, and he's like, "We are the timekeepers. We have selected you from the ranks of." of this era's time travelers to tutor you in the ways of time to be a custodian of 70 centuries of existence. So he's trying, they're, they're basically wanting uh, Immortus to be like one of their guardians and everything. So he ends up telling us how there's all these different space phantoms from all these different time frames that Immortus recruited to be in this big army of everybody. And Immortus was sending these time phantoms, these space phantoms or time phantoms, however you want to call it, in different events in Avengers time frame, the early existence of the Avengers, the first time that they met up, they go through, it's basically a bunch of like seven or eight pages where you see these guys messing up or doing things or replacing people in Avengers timeline, saying that Immortus has kind of influenced events in Avengers time from the very beginning when they first formed. Then you see Immortus being confronted by the timekeepers, and he's like, you're not holding up your end of the bargain. We spared the Avengers as you asked, but you failed to keep them contained. And he's like, you know, I've tried to do what I need to do. And they kind of show like the Kree scroll war where the Avengers interfered in different things. But then you flash forward and you see those Avengers from the first issue. Remember when they were these uh, Avengers in the galaxy, this intergalactic army? Like, you know what? They show that time frame where the Avengers grew into this intergalactic warlike army and they hope to expand the Terran Empire. So they're like, no, you can't do this. You can't. You can't do this to the timeline. This is warping the timeline. And you see different events where Immortus has shown up over the years, interfering with more Avengers timelines and just trying to warp different things. And you see that Immortus has turned these space phantoms into all these different characters that have been seen throughout the year. So you're looking back as the reader going, whoa, these guys have been manipulated Almost from the beginning, it shows all these different characters that were really space phantoms influencing what the Avengers did. Now, it shows a little bit here and there throughout this kree scroll war, different events from different time frames where they fought the uh, uh, supreme intelligence, things like that. And it shows that the timekeepers were in the background watching the whole time. They're like, you know, this is too much, man of Earth. The lines must be pruned. The damage must be contained. You need to stop the Avengers from what they're doing. And, you know, Mortis is like, yeah, I know what I need to do, but I do need some help. So they kind of explain, like, there's a Terran Empire that's going to rise because of your in, uh, undoing and everything. So you really need to stop this because the, the Terran Empire is just going to take over the universe. So we see a Mortis going, you know, yeah, I'll take care of this and I'll try and figure it out. So then the Avengers get ready to like okay what do we do now we've hear, heard what's going on what do we do we really need to stop Amortis all of a sudden Amortis busts in and takes them all out and Yellowjacket is standing next to him lights up a cigarette and goes I told you I could do this I used the cybernetics in my costume to control those bugs that were going after Wasp and I end up taking the Avengers out so do you believe me now and he goes you know it's it's most impressive and you'll receive the love of the woman you love back in your own time frame, and I can still save humanity. And he goes, what? And that's kind of how that issue ends. So all of a sudden, Hank Pym shows up, and now he's the bad guy again. So that's where we're going to pause 
for this part of the epic adventure of Avengers Forever. I hope you've enjoyed it so far. It's a lot going on. Trust me, if you've got these 12 issues, my summaries barely scratch the surface of what's going on here. So next week, we're going to continue and conclude with parts 9 through 12. As always, watch my Instagram, by the comic book guy, for pictures and links to each new episode. Any questions or comments, email me, brythecomicbookguy at gmail.com. Once again, thanks for listening, and I look forward to next week's discussion.